0: Welcome to What's Next, Cornet Global's podcast channel that puts members on mic for thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. Featured in this session, transforming into the branch of the future, is Jared Wallace, Senior Vice President and Head of Property Strategy and Execution for Citizens Bank. So Citizens Bank, um Founded in 1828, that's our Canonicus branch, um, which is in Providence, Rhode Island, which was our first branch. Um, And we were pretty small until the 80s. I actually have a matchbook that I found once on the beach, must have been somebody who collected matchbooks, Um, and it says 22 convenient locations. And I thought that's hilarious because now, if I had 22 convenient locations, my job would be really easy. Um, But we've got about um, 11,050 branches now, 100 office buildings. So, expanded greatly um, after we were acquired by RBS, Royal Bank of Scotland, um, who was a mostly silent partner but funded the bank a lot to make these acquisitions. So, we acquired 25 other banks, you know, as everybody was kind of doing that around then. Um, but at the same time, many of those banks had already acquired other banks. So, we became kind of an amalgamation of lots and lots of different um, banks, which of course means lots and lots of different real estate. Um, RBS ran it by giving us money to invest in acquisitions, not so much money to invest in back of the house, upgrades, you know, new branch, that kind of stuff. Um, so this became kind of a legacy ballooning issue. Um, we spun off in 2014 with the IPO, um, which was huge for us, um, and then sold all the RBS shares, we're now fully independent. Um, and so it's a very different company than it was when I joined the bank in 2012 this is um, a representative branch. Um, They're not all like this, but we got a lot more of these than I'd like. Um, You think about this, so this is in Wilkinsburg, Pennsylvania, built in probably the 20s or 30s for what they needed in the 20s or 30s, but it's almost 100 years later, and this is not what we need anymore. Um, You know, you got your bank on your iPhone, um, you can do it online, um, and Wilkinsburg, Pennsylvania isn't you know, the place it was in the 20s or 30s. Um, it's one of our lowest transaction branches. It's 20,000 square feet. The top two floors are abandoned. Nobody's been up there in years other than Hugh Peltz and I. Um, and we found all sorts of things up there you don't want to know about. Um, and so what do we do with this? Also notice these nice granite steps that everybody has to go up in order to get in there. So big ADA no-no. Um, so, it, you know, when we look at this, these are some of the words that come to mind for me. It's big, it's old, um, it's expensive, it's not consistent with everything else. Um, So we have this problem of what to do about branches like this. Um, And this came to a head um, in probably 2014 as we were thinking about the IPO and we came up with a strategy of what to deal with it, how to deal with it. Um, So these next couple slides are what we presented to the board of directors. Um, This whole pitch, this idea of, we called it branch of the future. We're gonna totally change, we're gonna invest in our branches, we're gonna do a new design, can be very different. Um, so we partnered with a couple different companies. Uh, but you can see, so this is one up in Burlington. This is Massachusetts. This is out in the Midwest. We acquired a bank that that was their colors. They're not our colors, but you know we didn't take the time to fix it. So lots of different lux designs. So we said to the board, we're going to fix all this. We're going to change it. Um, and this is how we're going to do it. We're going to do modular designs. It's going to be like Legos. So you're going to build it in a factory. You're going to ship it out. You're going to plug it in, pull it out, plug it in. Um, and we thought this would work really well, made perfect sense, and then we tried to build it. Um, This is one example um, first of where where we were gonna do it. So big, old, off on a side street, downtown Boston. Does anybody here know Boston at all? All right, so you know that downtown crossing area is totally different than it was 15, 20 years ago when we opened this. So this was across from a parking lot on what's now kind of an alley, This one is in the Millennium Towers building um, on a street that has been totally revitalized. So we shrank the branch, moved it around the corner. Made a lot of sense. Um, Did it a couple other places too. So um, this one, Kenmore Square, right next to the Red Sox ballpark in Fenway, um, more of a billboard than a branch. Awesome, amazing, 200,000 square feet, almost 100% of it's asbestos. Um, so, this big old nasty building that you can't even think about touching. But you turn it into something different where it's got, a, you know, you s- we sold it, developer's gonna make it a restaurant or a hotel, gonna have a nice big billboard slash branch there. Um, similar in um, Cambridge, um, we sold an old, you know, mausoleum um, and moved into a nice corner around from the new T station. So, back to the design, right? So we thought about doing this um, modular approach, but we soon found that it was gonna be incredibly expensive and that most of our spaces weren't nice square rectangles, um, that there's a reason they don't you know, do construction like that. We learned a lot of things along the way. Um, we learned about design, we learned about process, we learned about existing conditions, um, but this was the initial idea. Um, this is one of the first first ones we rolled out. So this is an in-store, this is a traditional. Some of the things to note here, so we've got these ceiling baffles, which look pretty cool, right? They're not so cool if you're the fire marshal, um, because sprinklers don't work so well with those. So you gotta stick the sprinkler heads down below them. So, you know, one of the issues we ran into. Over here, we've got all these cool little LED lights here and the black ceiling tiles. Well, they don't make black acoustical tiles unless you special order them, so they, they painted all the regular ones. Well, if you take an acoustical tile and you paint it, we found, guess what, it's not acoustical anymore. So the branches are really loud. So these are some of the things we learned along the way. This is that one in downtown Boston. So talking about how they're not square, I still can't believe we managed to make this fit. I mean, that literally is the the outline of the space. So we found little nooks and crannies for everything. From the outside, it looks fine. This is the customer-facing area and they wouldn't know that behind it is all these crazy nooks and crannies, and then we got a shared bathroom with a coffee shop next door, and that's a whole other story. Um, But it worked out pretty well. This is kind of where we're going now, which is originally we were thinking every single branch we would reduce in size, we'd go to 1,500 square feet. We realized 1,500 square feet's not big enough. It's big enough if you just wanna have one or two tellers, um, you're gonna have like one office, but if you really wanna you know, sell advice and pitch people and maybe have a conference room where somebody can close on a mortgage, sit there with their you know, lawyer or financial advisor, et cetera, you need more space. And that some places, it just doesn't make sense. So this one's Central Square in Cambridge. Um, it's an awesome location. It's a really you know, high volume place, hard to find new real estate. It just didn't make sense even though it was 4,000 square feet, a little big. Same time, Beddington, Vermont, doesn't make sense to spend you know a million bucks or more in beddington Vermont when square footage is pretty close so one of the one of the really interesting things we found with this though was especially with the big landlords the reITs you stay where you are if you've got something even like a the um, place in Pennsylvania Wilkinsburg you can get big rent savings because nobody else wants that either so you know you've got this rent that was negotiated years and years ago um, you can cut it dramatically by packaging them together and staying where you are. So that's helped offset some of the cost to uh, build the new ones. One of the lessons learned, existing conditions. So Ambridge, Pennsylvania, not too different from Wilkinsburg. We've been trying for over two years to find a reload. We've got a 10,000 square foot branch. The lease is coming up next year. We want to get out of it because it's big and huge and the town is basically dead we looked, we looked, we finally found a place that was on the market. So we went and did a site survey. So there you can see the basement, got a crack going all the way up the foundation. That's the back room of the first floors. You got ACM tile in the back. So needless to say, we, we said no, um, much to the um, delight of our health and safety folks. But doing this saves us big in the long term. We don't get into problems that we used to, where we get in somewhere and all of a sudden you open up the walls and you find something you didn't expect. Now we know what to expect. And so it means we don't do certain sites or we go in with different expectations. Um, Design, so going back to those ceiling baffles. So here's the sprinkler head that you gotta lower down below the baffles. Um, This, they've got a fancy term for it, I can't remember. I call it the tchotchke wall. Um, Kids grab these things. Um, They're a pain in the neck to clean. They're tough to mount. All sorts of problems. There's no real benefit. We killed that. There's those ceiling tiles again, baffles. Um, This right here is a hard ceiling, so that's drywall. It's not tile. So anything goes wrong up there, you're going in with a sawzall, cutting the whole thing out, um, repairing it, then bringing a guy into plaster, skim coat, um, you know, paint the whole thing again. No more of that. It's not worth it. And it took a while to convince the design folks that some of these things were worth it. But now we're doing... um, Simpler, um, you see the ceiling here, we got tiles. Um, this is a very new branch. We put an inline teller in there um, to try to work on the transaction migration. Um, much simpler, don't have all the tchotchkes, um, trying to keep things neat, um, easier to maintain, easier to build. One of the other things we came up with were mobile branches. So I know other banks have done these um, in different ways, and it's, it's tricky. Um, Because you can either have one that, you know, it's truly, truly mobile. It goes somewhere else every day. Or you can have one that's a bunch of trailers that stay in one place for 12 months. That's very expensive because the utility hookups, et cetera, cost the trailers. This is the kind of hybrid. The cost of them is pretty reasonable. And what they do is they fill in the gaps. So um, in Milford, Delaware, the developer said, look, we're knocking down this whole strip mall, redoing the whole thing. You guys got to get out you can come back, and it was a great place, place we wanted to be, but you're gonna be out for 12 months. So we sent one of these down here, it worked terrifically. Um, we had another one that we used, um, we, we s- it worked so well we ordered a second one, and we hadn't figured out where to deploy it yet, and three days before it was gonna be finished, um, there was a fire in our Ben Salem, Pennsylvania in-store. They called us up, said, you know, what are we gonna do? This thing's gonna be out of commission for six months. We said, actually, a second mobile branch is gonna be done in three days. So three days after that, we drove it down there, opened up the, put one of these guys right up front. It couldn't have worked better. Um, it's also a great billboard. Um, so it works well in, in several ways. So that was one of our big successes. Um, but also internal partnering. So it used to be that um, our real estate team kind of did their own thing. In 05, um, they did sale leasebacks on hundreds of branches, um, lots of brokers, made tons of money, bought vacation houses, um, and we ended up with all these leases. Um, but we didn't really work with um, the folks who ran the branches too well. That's something we've totally changed. So I spend a day a week sitting with all of them, um, gotten to know them very well, um, and we work in partnership on the direction of these branches um, and what to do on the network. We've got a web page on our intranet um, for all of the employees, including the folks, you know, the tellers behind the line in the branches um, to go on to see um, how to talk to customers about them, which sites are coming up next, pictures of ones we've already done, everything there is to know about the um, whole program is there for everybody to see, something we wouldn't have done years ago. Um, But but bringing everybody together, getting everybody involved, and something that's really exciting um, has made a huge difference um, and really contributed to the success. Um, this is the newest one this kind of 3.0 um, haven't built it yet um, but this is what will be coming um, one of the things you notice about it is there's no teller line so really trying to change the model change the dynamic um, parts of this probably won't work out that well um, but we're continuing with the you know try succeed fail um, and it's something we've gotten our CEO and our board of directors on board with and that they're okay with the idea that not everything's gonna work right the first time. Um, we w- weren't sure if they were gonna remember that, but they have, for the most part. Um, and this is a new wealth center, so um, this is a much higher end, there are not gonna be too many of these, um, where it's really all about advice, You know, your affluent clients um, in a very different design, where we've got the circle in the middle, that's a big focal point, um, and also something that frankly, um, from a construction standpoint, we weren't crazy about, circles are tough. Um, But that, several of those will be coming online next year. Um, And then here's one of our kind of flagship branches we'll be doing in the north end of Boston by the Rose Kennedy Greenway. Um, One of the unique things about this is that there will be a teller line, but it's gonna be on the second floor. Um, So it's not all about, you know, you come in and here's the teller. Um, You gotta walk past some offices and advisory and whatnot to get to the teller. Um, And with that, uh, I'll take some questions. Anyone? So the question was, how do we maintain the branches? Um, So we've experimented with outsourcing and with some insourcing. Um, When my boss, who's the director of real estate, first came in, almost everything was outsourced. Um, And we actually insourced a lot of it. So all of our facility managers are internal now. Um, And we've seen huge um, productivity gains with that. Um, We may, I'm not even sure if we pay them more. I think they probably get paid about the same. I think we probably actually save a couple bucks. Um, But they go above and beyond because they work for the bank as opposed to, you know, pick your acronyms, right? Um, That's made a huge um, difference. Uh, We do still, you know, the techs, um, the um, HVAC stuff is still outsourced. Um, but the overall facility managers are internal, yeah. John? Uh, we've got branches in 12. So I have plans, um, I haven't convinced the rest of the company. I think we need to go to Maine, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, so it's something we look at. Um, I don't know if it's going to happen, you know, real soon, um, but. It's a little out of my... They don't let me make that call yet. Yeah. Yeah. Security concerns? Um, so security's been an integral part of all this, um, and we've made mistakes along the way. One of the things we learned were sight lines. Um, so our very first branch to the future, the new one, which was actually in Woonsocket, Rhode Island, um, the tellers couldn't see the door. So the tellers couldn't see when you know, who was coming in, um, because they're the ones who know. Oh, wait, that sketchy guy that you know, I heard about. Uh-oh, you know. Um, but with the new ones, we've, we've corrected that. Um, and with these, security, one of the things we've done interesting on in security is um, the Tellero's cash recycler is on, eh, maybe I think that's just a fancy ATM. Um, but by trying to not have a um, teller bar, um, you reduce the amount of cash that's on hand, and hopefully eventually the you know, robbers learn that, hey, I can't go in here and you know, just get cash out of the door. Other questions? Yeah. So the question was, um, we started with a hypothesis that, you know, one size fits all and modular, where do we end up? So, right. So when we started it, our average branch across the network was 4,400 square feet. We've gotten that down to the low 4,000s now. Um, It's, you know, it's slow um, to get that down. Um, And we now definitely do each one individually. So every single branch is different. Every site is different. I mean, I'm always excited when I get a you know a rectangle, um, but it doesn't always happen. Uh, and so we have a whole way of um, programming based on the area, the types of customers, the transactions, et cetera, et cetera. You know, so we look at you know how many transactions are there right now? What kind of transactions are they? Okay, so we need a 3,000 square foot branch. We need 2,600. We need you know 4,000 is about as big as we would go normally. Um, and we don't, yeah, there's no more modular. Um, everything is custom, you know, architect, the whole nine yards. Yeah. Any other questions? In the back, anybody? No? All right. Thank you all very much uh, for attending. If you got any other questions, um, feel free to come and see me. Thank you. This concludes the Cornet Global Podcast on transforming into the branch of the future. Want to record a What's Next podcast of your own? Have an idea or point of view you'd like to share? Visit CornetGlobal.org to learn more.